Welcome to Mystery House Sirens and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama metamorphosis. Okay. <laughs> it's a thing where we, like, go through a transition and we learn, and on the other side, we come out as something else, but maybe we still have components of what we originally were. Yeah. Or maybe we just wake up one day and then we're a bug. That's to- what metamorphosis is about, right? <laughs> the book? The short story? I was actually trying to, trying to remember if it was actually called metamorphosis. The, the Kafka thing was called. I thought it was just called like cockroach or something. You might be right. It's based on Ovid's metamorphosis, but I can't remember if what's his face wakes up one day and he's a bug is called metamorphosis or not. I mean, it, it, essentially, it's Franz Kafka's like most famous thing. So you think it'd, you, it would pop up immediately as you yeah. look for it. You know, we both studied this, and you, you really think you know what? Know. You, no, I think you're right. I think it's just called the metamorphosis. I I only ever think of that story as the the Kafka story. It's Kafka esque. Yeah. It's the story of you know. It's what you hold up as like the archetype of his work. I don't know if I've read anything else by Kafka <laughs> actually. I, yeah, uh, but it's like the um, uh, this weird fantasy thing, which I guess we're seeing maybe in this. <laughs> Can I just say, this is a wild episode. I don't know who wrote it, but it's not anyone who wrote anything else on the OC. No, it's, it, it, this episode is a, (laughs) is a collision of different storylines, which sometimes (laughs) match each other. And and like, it's very stylistically off kilter with the other three episodes we've seen so far yeah yeah there's music and montages and reactions to things like we've never seen before i feel like two of the plot lines i feel like two like if if we're going with the idea that you know this is this entire episode is about metamorphosis becoming different different like two of the plot lines you could maybe thematically be like i guess i mean really one a hundred percent oh you know one sure full the other one very cute i don't know if metamorphosis is correct i think it's just like evolution evolution of a relationship i mean that's fine yeah and then there's two other ones and one of them is sandy wants a friend <laughs> which i have to imagine was a was just like a thing that came up in the writers room where they're like yeah i guess we have time in this episode we could do it this here it's fun we could do it now and i'm curious about your interpretation about how that storyline ends i'm i <laughs> because I'm, I'm not sure yeah me me neither will um I mean, I guess we'll get to that when we get to that, but before we get to that, we have to get to the beginning of that. And the beginning of that is actually a different storyline. So (laughs) let's get into this episode. Kevin, say the thing. All right, well, this is The O.C., Season 4, Episode 4, The Metamorphosis. The Metamorphosis. So we begin with something that I thought we may never see. <laughs> a character on the OC goes to therapy, and it's good. Will goes to therapy willingly. Um, this scene feels like it was shot by like a short film director they just pulled off the street because it, it, as we said earlier, it's totally different from everything else. But uh, 
we never see the therapist either. I was thinking that too. Like I kept waiting for the camera to swing around. It just, it's Neil or like. I kept waiting for it to not be a therapist and for it to, her actually to be talking to like I don't, a teddy bear or <laughs> like her creative writing professor who's like, I don't understand why you're doing this. This feels like the court sort of scene where that voice ha- is like the creator's voice or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was weird. But Summer, she goes to therapy and she mentions that, you know, she's been doing all these new like activist things because she thinks she's doing it because of, yeah, you know, her because, friend recently well, first died. She's like, well, it's college. You're rediscovering yourself. But then she's like, no, it's yeah. Marissa. But I'm not even sad about Marissa. And then <laughs> the, the therapist has to be like, oh, here's the thing. You may have not been grieving at all because there are five stages to grief. Cue this, like, weird, almost goofy montage. Yeah, this, like, wacky music plays. And thank God Summer's changing her clothes, because I almost thought this was going to be in the same meeting. She immediately, rapidly goes through all five stages of grief. Now, as, so, she goes through five stages of grief. As she goes through them, there's, like text on the screen that says what stage she's in yeah boom denial i haven't been grieving at all boom rage blackout anger (laughs) ah i'm angry boom three bargaining boom four she cries there's kleenexes everywhere boom two anger again (laughs) i have rage problems yeah and then boom five Acceptance. acceptance and then it's clarified to us it's been a big week for you. <laughs> She's gone through all the stages of grief, which, you know what? It's fine to go through those in a week. She was in yeah. denial for a very long she, time. Yeah, she rapidly pushed through the because she had not been she had been yeah she'd been do, just doing denial for months and months and months. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just have to open up the floodgate yeah. gates. You have to uncork the thing with a cork in it. Yeah. And then, so Summer's like, cool, so I'm good, I'm done, I can go back to... Being me. Being me, and the therapist is like, well, now hold on a second. Uh, maybe you'd be a little bit careful. Maybe you should consider that you're going through a metamorphosis. And she's like, no, I'm just gonna be me. Back, then, back to tanning and clothes. And then Smash Cut sets us at the airport, and I honestly thought they had skipped Chrismica for this season, and this was him <laughs> moving there in January. No, they're just, they are flying back and forth. I mean, they're rich. They're fine. Fine. She, I, we find out now soon, eventually, that she asked him to come, and he is on the phone with Ryan, and he is convinced that he is there because she's going to break up with him. So they, they have this thing that comes up a few times here that Summer seems to be of the mind that Seth would not want the new her. And I'm like, yes, because that's what Seth is really into, the... The tanning and talking about clothes. But then now Seth is talking to Ryan and he's concerned that the new Summer won't want him. Because she's too smart an activist for him? Like, I'm not really getting... Okay, in this scene... Yeah. It makes less sense as the episode progresses. But in this scene, I kind of got it that he was like, you know, Summer has changed so much. Summer has moved away from Newport and I am of her Newport life. So yes. she has no place for me anymore. There this are this lo- I absolutely get. Yeah. And then you're right. Later, it we'll starts talk being about like, it. Wait, why do you guys think that you guys are now incompatible? You're you guys, more you, compatible. You, you guys were incompatible before. Now you're just figuring out whatever. But he looks over and... Summer... Okay, to be fair, <laughs> Summer does not look that different. No, they, they did this thing where it's like, oh my god, she's back to her usual self. I'm like, 
Wait, wait, was she supposed to be like overly like grody the other two? Because like Taylor Townstead made her jokes, but it's Taylor. You can't take anything she says that seriously. Yeah, it's it's almost like they were actually too afraid to, to make, make her gross. Yeah, to make Rachel Bilson look gross. And like also in the before, um, she was always wearing like bright colors, like yeah. jewel tones. Gorgeous bright colors. And yes, she's dressing much prettier. And I guess she's cleaner. So, uh, But I, like she's still wearing like she's wearing a lot of dark colors. And yeah. she's still in the same color palette. The brown color palette. I guess so. And brown, I mean the university, not La- the color. Yeah, later, um, I, I we won't get into it right now. But later she eventually buys a dress that looks still very much like the activist dressed. It, it's like almost this suit like it, it looks like shay's hat yeah yeah so it's weird they're like weird comparison like oh no no this is pretty wear this is gross you know activist wear and in this scene it becomes very very clear right away that this episode is is going to be about summer figuring out that she can be <laughs> two things at once yeah i was i was concerned for a little bit that maybe this would go with the idea of being like this and now she has to divest herself from her pa- from like you know this past gross life she lived but instead they do make it very clear that me like okay so it's gonna be her it's gonna be like the therapist said hey you know maybe it's not like oh now i can go back to everything normal again you're still a changed person you still went out into the world and met new people and had new experiences which is the human condition and the college condition. And I like the idea of having a story of someone who's like, and now I'm done, I go back to normal, normal, and they're like, that's not going to, like, you have to find a new normal. Ooh, new normal. Uh, so, Speaking after... of a new normal, <laughs> Ryan stands on a sad beach, and he looks at a sad ocean. And then works, works out. <laughs> on like, the sad beach. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sandy sees him. They are not there to meet. Sandy no. was doing a surfing, and he just sees Ryan, like, <laughs> running about on the beach. I was trying to figure out for a while if they were, like, they kind of, like, drove there together. But no, nah, Ryan left to go work out on a beach. Sandy left to go surfing. And they're like, hey! Look at this! Wow! And Sandy's like, hey, you want to surf with me? You want to give me intel about Seth? Please, 18-year-old, be my best friend. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I don't really I don't know about Seth in summer. We do learn that Ryan is now working at El Pavo Guaco. Which I wrote down as Cabo Wabo. I originally wrote down, back at the shrimp shack? Because Sandy loves the shrimp tacos Love, at sh- Cabo Wabo. Yeah. Yep, that's the that's definitely the name of it. In my next note about his work, I wrote down, oh, it's not called Cabo Wabo, and then did not bother yeah. to fix it. We do also get clarified that this is just temporary because Ryan is... Going to Berkeley next year. He, he did... Defers acceptance, I'm going to assume Sandy deferred his acceptance. Yeah, Ryan ran off into the night and Sandy was like, I gotta write a letter to my friend. <laughs> I'll just pretend to be him. I'll just pretend to be that boy. Let's type it up. Yeah, alright. Hello, my name is Ryan. Punch, punch. Uh, uh, I'm writing to you to let you know that I... Have gone through a personal tragedy and I must spend some time discovering myself, which I know Berkeley likes. I will return to Berkeley in the new year, a new man, a stronger man, a man who has learned from adversity. <laughs> Yours truly, Sandy Cohen, and then it's printed off and scratched out and written in, I mean, Ryan, ha ha ha. Not even last name, just Ryan. <laughs> just Ryan. <laughs> and his friend got that letter and was like, it's a good thing I'm the dean of admissions. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, whatever. 
Uh, so Ryan's going to go to his first day of work tonight, and he's just he's ready to move on to the new stage of his life. Just yep. like Summer, he's becoming a new Ryan. Yeah. But first, Summer and Seth have to go back to their old stage of life, which is having sex in the room where I guess that roommate no longer lives. That roommate's out having sex elsewhere. Oh, we saw right. her photos. Yeah, of course. Now, Seth was imagining this. Yeah. While he was away, and by well, imagining he was, this, wasn't imagining this. He was imagining breaking up. He was sure that she was. She invited him to fly across the country so she could break up with him, which feels incredibly extra. If that was the tack she was taking, hey, they're the riches, I guess. But uh, she's not breaking up with him. She wanted to prove to him that she's moving on and being okay. No, they do this talk about like old summer and new summer, and. If she, you know, she's back to old summer, but was real summer. And, uh, and then he gives her a summer gift, which is season three of The Valley. It's good to know that The Valley is always one season behind the OC. <laughs> the OC. Classic. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to be introduced to probably the weirdest storyline So Sandy, this episode. Sandy is so upset that Ryan's going to work because he just wants to hang out with Ryan. Now that Seth's gone, he wants to have boys' time. Well, I and I do kind of feel bad for Sandy. He he's he, like he's talking to um, Kirsten and she says, you know, I could hang out with you. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. I want want to hang out with the guys because Jimmy's gone. Your dad's dead. Jimmy left again. Neil's gone. I have no friends. And no, I got no friends. And this is so real. Now it, this does happen. He does not bring up losing Matt. He does not bring up losing. I mean, Matt was an employee. But Matt was also his friend. I'm not sure if he actually considered Matt a friend. I think he considered... Matt considered Sandy a friend. <laughs> I think he might have considered Matt as another son. So Kirsten's like, Sandy, you are a grown man. There must be a man somewhere you want to be friends with. What about that guy at your work you always tell me about? He's, he's funny. He's like, I can't just ask. Like, what do I just ask him out? Just be like, hey, you want to you wanna play some pool or golf? Like, what? So, Kirsten, how do I ask a man to hang out with, to go on a date? I mean, hang out with me. It's just, it's such a great thing. And it's that, so real. That we will get, like, glimpses of. So, man, every time we turn this plot, this bot line, I'm so, I was so afraid it would go one route. <laughs> I was so afraid it was going to, like, crumble at his feet. Yeah, I was so afraid they, they were going to, like, do some sort of joke, like, hey, yeah, you know, dudes don't do that. They don't have, uh, But, uh... After he talks to Kirsten, he gets the support he needs. He decides he will ask his new friend, Jason Spitz, who he temporarily calls Spitzy, and then realizes he's, he hates it. Well, <laughs> Spitzy to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And we have actually met Jason Spitz before. He was the one who was in Sandy's office. Yeah. And Sandy, I guess, got his office back, but Spitz is still there. Yeah. I don't think actually Sandy's back in his original office. Is he? Uh, it's hard to tell. I think he's just right next to, to to his office. It's so hard not to call him Spitzy, Kevin. We can't call him that. <laughs> they just call him Spitz. That's what they actually call him, which it's is true. also not a great... If you have a last name like Spitz, I'm probably not going to call you that. Yeah, you better go by Jason. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Julie Cooper's on the phone. We learn that Neil is definitely in Grey's Anatomy. Because Caitlin Cooper asks Julie if that short woman is still bossing him around, and that's Miranda Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Then we get some things confirmed to us. Turns out he's being nice and be like, yeah, y'all can stay in my house for as long as you like, I guess. So I can only assume that Seattle Grace gave him a relocation plan and I guess is like paying for an apartment in Seattle. I, I guess so. I mean. <laughs> this is wild. This is wild that he, I guess he wants somewhere to have a home to come back to during breaks. 
Yeah, like, well, I, I think also he's, he might be aware of, he's like, I don't want, like, I don't want to be the guy that just kicked a whole bunch of... Women out of my house. But the fact that this is something that's so incredibly nice makes it so weird that we sort of get this weird thing where it seems like Julie is blaming him <laughs> for all of this. Because we'll talk about this. But really, Julie is very perturbed by the fact that, like, this is kind of working out, and also that Caitlin's learning the wrong lesson from it. What Caitlin has learned is that when you have nowhere to live, you just have to date a rich man, yeah, and then you can move into his house. So this brings us to this, like, sitcom-style storyline, story line. which luckily they don't invest too much energy into, but oh. it's a bat. Yeah. See, Julie's decided that she's going to swear off, let, let's let's say dating, but they constantly refer to men, which I thought would have been a great time for Julie to explore bisexuality and be like, ha ha, got around it. Remember when Marissa did this? Boom! But now she's uh, she's going to swear off men. Uh, for one week. <laughs> Ooh, impressive. I also have to imagine the idea being that, like, yeah, you bring any any man back to that house and they're like, oh, what do you do that allows to have such a, a, a great house? I became very depressed, and I ignored my boyfriend for five months, and then he let me live here for free, and we broke up. Oh. He's in Seattle. a one-night thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caitlin is very scornful of her mom's ability to be single, which yeah. is valid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, fair. Julie Cooper slept with Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, she's not so great at that. So, they, they make a bet that, like, oh, Julie can't stay away from men for a week, and in exchange, Caitlin has to not break the law <laughs> which to be fair caitlin does not actually get in trouble in this episode can we, can we just yeah the the problem with this bet is that one side has a very clear like delineator of what what breaks the bet and the other one has this vagary which of, is like, just don't get in trouble don't get in trouble and also the the scales of that are wild it would like, if, if we blew this out to its, you know, hyperbolic uh, states, then you would have, like, well, I won't date a man, and you won't routinely burn down apartment buildings. Like, this, the, the scale of if you fail that bet are not the same. And also, if Caitlin burns down an apartment building, but no one's there to see it, did she actually do it? Oh, man, the, that, is, that, is a, uh, that is a philosophical issue that will be brought up in this... <laughs> In this episode. But first, we have a delightful discovery, which is, hey, Kevin, where's Taylor Townsend going to live? Oh, Taylor, uh, man, we were so curious about this. Where's she going to be? Is she going to stay forever at the Coens? Nah, she just somehow wormed her way into the, the <laughs> she, Cooper household? She lives in Summer's bedroom, and she loves having access to a home gym. I have to imagine that was Summer being like, hey, Neil, my dad... Taylor needs a place to live. And Neil was like, who's Taylor? <laughs> what? You know what? Whatever. I'm already having my house be home to random people. All the women, all the women of Newport can live in my house. I want every single week a new person to move into that house. And Neil's <laughs> like, I just figured, you know, you know what? Just, just. Eventually he starts to make people pay a mild amount of rent. <laughs> he becomes a double millionaire. <laughs> With a weird, like, tenement mansion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Taylor. Yep. And we'll see the beginning of her storyline with her getting mail from Henri and Michelle. Meanwhile, Ryan's at work at Not Cabo Wabo. <laughs> no, El, El Pavo Guaco. And as Taylor will explain, you know that means the handsome turkey, right? 
Which I love. <laughs> Which I love that <laughs> the way she says it means you shouldn't be working there. That has a dumb name. But uh, he does work there. And Taylor asks Ryan, where's Seth? I need a friend. But unfortunately, Seth will not be there. So she's going to take a moment to decide, am I Ryan's friend? I'm everyone's friend. I'm in the core group now. Yeah, I'm in the main titles. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, <laughs> I need your help. Ryan, I'm going to follow you around your work. I'm going to sit at a table that you are actively bussing. It's, it is implied repeatedly times in this episode that she just comes in there, eats some massive meal. <laughs> and clearly pays for it, but just bugs him. But just bugs him. <laughs> but what she needs, and what the, uh, the contents of that letter were, was that her husband, her French husband, as she really refers to him, which does seem to imply that she also has one in Germany and, you know. And Austria. Austria and, Portugal. Know. Yeah, yeah, you know. But her French husband has not granted her the divorce she requested. Instead, he's going to come here to talk about it. And so she needs a friend. She, she needs a cooler. Yeah, she... <laughs> what she really needs is Jess Day from New Girl. <laughs> yes. But unfortunately, that show doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Was, she's, she's concerned... That when Henri gets there, she will be so immediately and animalistically smitten with him that she will fly back to France and not be able to get out of that. What she needs is someone to cool her down. Which, A cooler. To be fair, Ryan is probably better for that task than Seth. No, Seth would freak out too much. I mean, Seth would be is would probably be a fine cooler, but I I think... And me imagining who Henri Michel is, I think he's not strong enough for Henri. No, I don't. I think he would be taken in by his animal magnetism. Yeah, he's like, no, no, you should go with him. It's so great. But Ryan has this such disaffected aura around him. He just but, pulled the sexual tension out of any room that he does not want to be sexually tensioned. And he will not want this, but he will go with Taylor because she will not leave his restaurant. Yeah, the biggest problem that 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 she would have is that Henri might fall in love with Ryan. That's Which, true. That would get her out of her issue. And then Ryan would just be confused as this French man follows him around <laughs> and then eventually, like, punches through a window for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. So Summer is busy redecorating her room. She's taking down all of her activist posters to put up fun new posters. Yeah, she took down an inconvenient truth to put up the Devil Wears Prada, because those are opposites, I guess. I guess. I, I mean, guess. I feel like I knew a lot of girls in university who were both those things. <laughs> I, I do love there is this under, uh, underlying thing here where Summer cannot, like, comprehend being two things at once. Like, no, I am just one thing. But so, crunchy Chris Pratt comes yeah. bopping on in, and he needs Summer to fact-check his flyer, which really speaks to me that Summer is the brains behind his... He's the charisma in this protest, I guess? I think he's just the motivation. Yeah, I think he's just the energy giver, because she's, she's also the charisma. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very clear that he knows. Well, it's weird. It's like he is the brains of, like, a construction, but she is the molder. He gets the clay. She puts it, makes it work. Yeah, he carries in a big, like, giant <laughs> vat of clay, and it's like, hey, this is a chicken protest. Yeah, he's also so, he's also just so sweet. Um, so sweet. But Summer, he's like, I have to show you some things. And then we reveal that she has, like, a walk-in closet. Yeah, at, that's not a... And apparently she's just had all her, like, all, like, you know, her shoes there, I guess, in a locked room, I have to imagine. You have to imagine she rented a second dorm room, and that is her closet. <laughs> she also has all her magazines still. 
And she ends this whole, like, weird, like, these are my shoes. Some of them are made from leather. These are my magazines. I enjoy reading about what the celebrities are doing with their faces and their butts. Crunchy Chris Pratt. (laughs) My best friend died on grad night. And I am so, so sad. And because I was so, so sad... I did activist. It it seems weird for me for her to end with the reason after showing him, like, let me show you what I have done, then I shall explain it. And he's like, that's cool. I'm glad you're working through stuff. Summer, you got to be who you're going to be. Yeah. And and I was trying to figure out if this was going to, like, turn. It never turns. He's legitimately happy for whatever Summer wants. Yeah. He quotes Dylan at her. Mm -hmm. And he that, meets Seth. Oh, and he, him meeting Seth is wildly uncomfortable for a, a completely different reason because he is so into this relationship. Yeah. So I've been thinking all along, like, is he think, into Summer? I was trying to figure that out as well. But I'm down wondering, is he into Seth? Because he sees Seth and he says, oh, Summer, I'm so glad to meet your twin flame. Oh, I didn't realize it was like this. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, you two need to get to, you know, need to reconnect like physically and i will be outside the room listening so you gotta do it so we're all just gonna be summer (laughs) we're gonna be (laughs) we get some clarifications a little bit also on the the way that these rooms are set up it seems like there might be two dorm rooms with a common room in the middle Mm -hmm. and each dorm room also has its own exit out into the hall so that's why there's two doors and i get the sense even though this is kind of a weird configuration i think he is across the hall yeah, I think Like, he's so. across the shared common space. Yeah, I th- yeah, maybe. Which is Explain kind why he's always in that common space. And it is kind of a typical thing in some American universities I have learned that you have, like, one roommate, but then you have, like, suite mates. Yeah. I just think they're normally not co-ed. Well, r- well what really got me, it was confusing me the entire time, is that, they're, that they have essentially a door... Because... <sighs> When I've seen the dorms at, like, the university around here, usually you enter into the common space and then the rooms are off side. You go down a hallway. Yeah. Yeah, This one has each – it's almost like these were each individual dorms and then they close the middle dorm and put doors to each other's dorms. Mm -hmm. So it's like they – Maybe this is like the high end dorm for the rich kids because I would not be surprised if if Che is also a rich (laughs) kid. He reveals that Che is rich. Yeah. He's rich and he's from like I want him to be Maine. Per- I want him to be personally wealthy because of some like ridiculous invention that he made. So he does he doesn't really comprehend what being rich is because his family are like steel workers. <laughs> you know, I, I would want to be like he invented a way to like you like you know I don't know use hemp to increase production on some in like, the steel mill. Yeah, some insane thing that he can't even comprehend, and he's like, so I just have a lot of this money just sort of like. Comes in, I don't really know what to do with it, so I, you know... I keep I do, it in a sock under my bed. So I just do, like, protests and stuff. <laughs> my, uh, my specialization here at Brown, some of you might call it your major, but I call it a specialization. It's in, like, renewable resources, I think? Spend my own money on didgeridoos. So we have, we have to pick up on Sandy and Spitz. And Sandy sees his new friend in the hallway, and he's like, hey, new friend! Hey, oh, you know, that guy was talking to us. What's up with that? And Spitz he is talks like, so yeah. slow. And Spitz is like, yeah, what's up with that? And then Sandy's like, what are you doing on Saturday? And Spitz is like, dude, I'm not working for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Why don't we like, like hang out, man? <laughs> we can well, just hang out. He has no suggestion of what they could do. He says, golf, 
pool, poker, <laughs> anything, anything, man. We just want to hang out. And Spitz is so like, go, oh, man, you, I'll, you know, I'll give you a call. That's it's, the scene. It's, uh, it's it's so real. It's so real. It's the most real thing on this show, and I felt it so much. Oh, you know when you meet a really cool person, like it's I, like your friend's <laughs> friend, and you're like, I just want to be friends with that person. I don't know how to tell you this. I want to platonically be with you. Like, for good. We're going to continually talk about how we should hang out and then never hang out. How do I make you my best friend? Oh, uh, man. So, <laughs> Summer and Seth um, are going to take some time to watch the valley. And we get this instant idea that Summer can't get into it again. Now, I just want to say that I have never felt so old because they are watching the valley. They're in the common area. They're watching it on the TV. And I was just like, oh, Yeah. They can't watch it on a laptop in their bed. <laughs> they, they, they maybe they could, maybe have could. Have on like Windows Media Player. I feel like they're probably the reason they showed it. Like, well, I mean, what they could have done is they put the CD in the laptop. I'm, but I, I feel like that maybe they did the shot also because that is that is a as, even at that time that would be a really weird shot. It wouldn't be the commonplace yeah, thing. No one would have imagined to see them watching because, like, but there's just a, there's the there's a TV in the common TV area. In the common area. This isn't common. Anyway, she does not like it. She feels the world has real-world problems, and she would like to see real-world problems Mm -hmm. to be addressed on TV. And Seth says, I don't know if people would like sexy teens in Darfur, or something (laughs) along those lines. Yeah. Clever. Um, she sort of tries to uh, once again, once again denying her emotion. So I just thought I'd be like, "No, I'm, I'm upset because I don't know who's having plastic surgery and what happened with JT and." Uh, Whoever he was dating at the time. Yes. Uh, so I, I have to go get a magazine. And then she runs against a magazine, but instead what she sees is... The protest flyer. And it's about solar power. So we get that kind of And that's going to be a thing. But meanwhile, back in the OC, Ryan and Taylor are sitting at the arches waiting for Henri, Henri Michelle. And Taylor is trying to get Ryan to essentially cool her. <laughs> <laughs> she talks to him about his cage fighting. I mean, he's just like, getting into cage fighting. I heard there's a, there was a girl in town. He used to run him. And boys. Ryan's like, yes, I know who that was. And if you ask me to do another favor, I will introduce you to her. You know her. <laughs> but I'll tell you who she is. And then she asks him what his favorite fruit is. Yeah, it just seems like she's she's trying to be like, let's talk about the least sexy things. He brings up peaches. Apparently, that's what, Henri, that's what Henri described her breasts as. So I guess, I guess it's along the line where everything will be sexual to Taylor. So a man walks into the arches. Is it Henri Michel? It is immediately denied as is not Henri Michelle. It is his lawyer, and that is astonishing that Taylor immediately recognizes his lawyer. Well, I assume he was at, like, the rehearsal dinner. It might be the thing where, like, he is a... Do you, does your lawyer go to social functions with you? Well, well I think I thought that was the thing we keep on seeing in these, like, things where, like, like rich families have the lawyer. I, was, I watched Knives Out the other day. They know... They, they, That's true. They are first-name basis with Alan, the guy who reads their father's will. That's true. I guess we just don't know the riches. I'm, I'm assuming that he's, like, the family lawyer. He's very handsome. Yes. Um, he explains that Honoré does not want the divorce, and because of French law, they have to come to a mutual agreement to have a divorce. So the only choice is for her to return to France and work it out. Re- really what it comes down to is that Henri is essentially being like, I, like, I will not come there, you have to come to me. 
and then well it's a power play and it's yes. obnoxious and i do not care yeah. for it um but it has it either has to be a mutual agreement or if someone's been unfaithful and Henri has to cheat with anyone and uh you haven't cheated with anyone and then taylor sees ryan <laughs> and is like i know you're trying to cool this room <laughs> i'm gonna make it hot again <laughs> look what i can do ryan <laughs> she just grabs us no me and him we we are lovers in the night <laughs> And then Ryan says, what did you say? And she says, I told him you like soccer. <laughs> Ryan's reaction. This is the place he goes like, yeah. Yeah, I like soccer. <laughs> so good. <laughs> For some reason, they were like, it was, this, it was this moment of like dopey, like, yeah, you know what? I do like soccer. I do want to take a moment here to say that I am obsessed with this lawyer. There is, <laughs> there is a depth to this lawyer that I, <laughs> that I just need to know more about. Because when he's talking to Taylor, he ends up by being like, also, he wants to say that he misses his peaches. And <laughs> so we obviously know what that refers to. And the way that the lawyer reacts to it means that also Henri explained to him what it means. He is a long-suffering man who still believes in passion, <laughs> but not right now. No, no, I'm I'm obsessed with this lawyer. <laughs> so uh, Summer and Seth, I guess, spent this is the next day, and they spent the day shopping. Yeah. But also, Summer threw a smoothie on a woman wearing fur. Yeah, you know, she's trying to just battling these two sides of her. Unfortunately, the woman was wearing fake fur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just said it didn't look like faux fur. Well, you know what? Some faux fur is really, really good now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, Seth decides he... Well, like, he wants to stay with Summer, but she's like, no, I have to try on all my clothes, and you have to leave because <laughs> I need to grapple with my emotions. Yeah, it's... It, it, it feels like very much a setup. Like, okay, you gotta go so that Summer can call Shay and ask about how did, like, the march go. And But Seth does agree to go because he has booked a walking tour of ethnic foods so he can find out if there's good shawarma Ooh. in brown. Because yeah. he can't come to Providence if there's not good shawarma. <laughs> Is there shawarma in the OC? I, you, I have to think there's somewhere in... California, there's shawarma. Shawarma's everywhere, especially... And I guess Seth has always been one to leave his gilded cage. Yeah. Yeah. Sandy probably took him to I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there is... I'm sure in the OC there is both the, like, faux shawarma, essentially the people who are like, yeah, shawarma, we can do shawarma here. And then there's real shawarma somewhere that only Sandy knows. Fair enough. So he goes on his walking tour, yeah. and Summer sort of puts on her sweater, which is the Che-colored sweater that we talked about. Yeah. But also, she um, calls Che just to, like, just to... How how the march go? She, she, she has FOMO. She's missing out on... Her activism. Yeah. And he's very enthusiastic. Yeah. They, they, it went great. They, uh, you know, they did a chat. They think it might have changed some minds. Um, they also actually have a meeting with the dean tomorrow. It's a debate. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Well, they get to present their proposal, and I'm like, oh, you're actually proposing solar energy, not just... Shouting about talking it. Talking about solar <laughs> energy. I'm like, that makes more sense. I kind of thought you were just doing a march where you'd be like, hey, you, do you know what's solar energy? <laughs> like, what they're actually trying to do is get the, I assume, the university to harness it in some way. Oh, I think they say like, they want to try to get like, all the dorms, essentially, to yeah. be off of solar power, which which is which is great. I just I, I just didn't <laughs> understand the first hand. I didn't trust them to be good at activism, yeah. but they seem to actually be pretty good at it. Yeah, they're doing, you know, achievable things and, like, actually pushing for... 
and actual changes versus just saying stuff into the just, air. Just shouting dreams. Yeah. So they're like, what is feasible and achievable? This is when we get the sweater that she wears that looks very much like... like I thought when she first bought it, it was like the act... Like she almost accidentally bought it because she was thinking of like Chase. But shirt. what is implied to us in the scene is that it reminds her of her old self. Yeah. Like her original self. And she doesn't like that sweater. And he does ask her that, which is really very sweet. <laughs> Do you like the sweater? <laughs> no. No. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. So what did you learn during this I guess, end of quarantine. <laughs> I rode my bike. You rode the bike. And it is like riding a bike. <laughs> you just gotta trust. You gotta trust the body. I will say, though, I'm not great at turning. I'm only okay at turning. Turning is... I've been... I've said this many times that even when I was riding bikes a lot, turning makes no sense to me. So I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I can, like, turn to go down a different road, but I really mm. want to be able to do is do, like, a U-turn. Yeah. Too scary. <laughs> Okay. Way too scary. Oh, man. Yeah, sometimes I see people do the turns, they do the full lean to the turn. I'm I like, hmm. I, I have learned that if I, like, break while I'm turning in the U-turn, it's less likely to be scary. But mm. it's just me, a grown woman, biking up and down my alley in the middle of the workday. Yeah. I, like, take my lunch break, and I'm like, well, there's no one around. I'm just going to bike up and down my alley. My, my firmest memory of biking was, I think, one time I borrowed, I borrowed our dad's bike, and he had – his brakes were – solid brakes like they were very good brakes so if you accidentally hit like the front brake mm. your bike would flip <laughs> you you had to be cognizant to hit the back brake and oh, then yeah i forgot that back braking was a thing yeah you yeah you need to hit the back well because if it just stopped if you're riding and then your front <laughs> wheel always comes to a hard stop and i'm like this is terrible bike design why do I have two why do I have two brake choices and one of them is hurt me and the other and the other <laughs> one isn't? And I have to consciously in my mind remember left or right, which one will hurt me? <laughs> which which one when you're going down a hill at high speed will send you flying off of a bike? Yeah, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. Now we should tell our audience that in Canada, in the part of Canada where we are, yeah. there's like 180 active cases of COVID-19 in yeah. our city. So things are like reopening pretty quickly. We're still keeping a mindful eye on it. Yeah. We are ready to go back into quarantine. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is like there really there will be a second wave. It's just we want to make it make it as le as least. And our doctors. Yeah. I say this like I'm a doctor. Our doctors do firmly believe that it will be a manageable mm -hmm. second wave as long as we still... Yeah. Do what we're supposed to do. So we are going to be re-emerging slightly into the world. Slightly. Slightly. Very slowly. I might go to a restaurant. So we'll, let's ch check back in with Julie and Kirsten as they're sort of filling us in on that storyline. And Julie Cooper likens her dating life to Kirsten's alcoholism. It's a wild comparison. And I do think the um, actor for Kirsten gives a little bit of like a... Okay, I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> you get one, <laughs> Julie. Nice try, Julie. But Julie's like, I want to focus on my own interests and my career. Kirsten, remember how we <laughs> have a... How we had a dating business, and it seems that you have continued it in my absence. When I just spontaneously left because I got a man. Kirsten, 
may I work with you again? Everyone's like, Kirsten's like, yeah, sure, you can do probably just nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you some tasks that I don't care about, and I'll keep doing what I'm doing, Julie. Yeah, perfect. And then they see Taryn, who is the mother of someone from Marissa and Luke's class. We've seen her for years. I, I just called her a, a noopsie. Her She's... name is Taryn. Yes. Um, so Taryn is hanging out at this at this mall that we have. Does it seem like all the sets have changed this season? So we have never seen this mall before, but this is the mall where Seth works. It's where Ryan works, it seems. It's where Caitlin, it's this outdoor mall Caitlin was hanging at. We, we're never seeing the bait shop. We're never seeing the shrimp shack. I, I think we only ever saw that diner in one episode with Taylor. I'm not saying that this it's bad, but it's weird. No, it's weird. just weird. It's these, a weird shift. These sudden shifts of now we're seeing these new sets. Um, really the idea is that once you get a set for a little while you're filming all the things at that set because you have it because you have it and they probably don't have access to the bait shop anymore anyway so Taryn is like oh I heard about Neil are you you gonna sue him because even though you weren't married and I'm like Taryn calm down Julie lives in his house (laughs) Taryn you have no idea about this situation at all but this tells me a lot about your character Taryn is a woman who is wearing a full leopard print dress (laughs) So uh, that tells me a lot about her character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do need a reason for essentially Kirsten to separate from here. So she goes and like... Gets a phone call from Sandy. <laughs> and said he's so excited because he's got a date tonight. Spitzy wants to hang out with him. Oh, they're going to hang out with him. So much fun. Well, Julie learns about being a cougar. Julie has never considered this before, despite the fact she slept with Luke. <laughs> it is it is strange to me to hear Darren just essentially explain to Julie, yeah... I'm 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 serial dating a bunch of younger men. Now, to be fair, we do see her boyfriend, and I'd say he's a good like twenty-seven. Yeah, like he, he's not an eighteen-year-old. He's not an eighteen-year-old, but it, but it is as you're telling that to Julie. Julie, be like, I already know how to. I have an important question for you. Yeah. For a very short, small moment, mm-hmm. did you think the storyline was going to be about Taryn dating the Ward twins? No, because they had not entered the episode yet. <laughs> I just think about them all the time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Taryn is like, yeah, if you consider being a cougar, um, which and, she literally says. She, oh, I, yeah. I am, I am not using that in any yeah. sort of term where I'm, I'm implying it. She says it's the cougar life. And Julie's like, no, for this one week I have to focus on my business. However, then she sees the young man and have, makes Julie hot. And she the, needs a cooler. She, the, needs, she needs Ryan. Yeah. And the thing is... Julie has one friend who has stuck with her through everything, including Julie sending this friend's son on a murder spree. Yeah. And that's Kirsten. So it's, so, but like the instant that Taryn's like, hey, boys. Julie's like, forget you, Kirsten. Yeah, Julie is very terrible. Very terrible. Like when all of the noopsies hated her because she was poor, Kirsten still liked her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She does seem to constantly forget that Kirsten will always be there. Maybe one day Kirsten won't be. So uh, let's let's check in with with little Cooper and how her side of the this bet is going. Well, she seems to be doing fine. She's at school doing locker things. <laughs> yep. When the ward bros appear, and it be, I think it's the first time we ever got a close up on them. One of them really looks like Luke. Yes, the cute one. The other one with the long curly hair is. Yeah, he well, like the the that guy, he has like weirdly straight chiseled like cheeks and chin. It's it's ups- It's like he what did he? I think like he didn't look that way in other episodes. <laughs> I did wonder if it was a new Ward twin. Anyway, they are like, hey, we heard about a way to get fake IDs, but you got to meet and or 
Caitlin's like, no, no trouble this one week. I mean, I guess, yeah, good for Caitlin to be like, yeah, you know what? This weird bet I have, I will hold to it. But then the wards say, we got to get it now because he's going to jail for fraud. So cool. And then, of course, because just like Julie, Caitlin is very easily persuaded by the thought of doing her vice. But Caitlin is 15 and Julie is a grown woman. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so she's like, yeah, you know, you're right. And they do bring up, if you don't get caught for it, it's not really you getting in trouble. And I will point out, Caitlin never gets in trouble in this episode. No, no. And no. I mean, I guess technically Julie also never really gets with a guy this episode either. She gets real up on him. <laughs> we'll really we'll talk about so Ryan's busy working, and mm. yet again, in comes Taylor to eat another massive meal. Well, I'm confused by this. He says that she was there earlier that day and had, a, like, a big food. What was that for? Was she now just addicted to their food? <laughs> what was that <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't earlier that day when she was like, I need the first favor, then they went to the arches, now he's back at work? No, 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 no. This, oh. th these are different days, Aaron. These have to be different days. I think Taylor's just lonely. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had to get to. Like, I think she's also just hanging out with Ryan. But she needs another favor. It's just this, this whole con like, it's like a contract document. She just she needs someone to sign it to prove that she's a good person. Yeah, it's just, it's you know, it says things like, you know, I've never went to jail and... And so she gives it to Ryan, and then she is so dumb that she says, you don't speak French at all, huh? Yeah, she leaves him with a contract, clarifies he doesn't speak French, and then Ryan's like, yeah, I gotta figure this out. I will say, I was paying attention to this scene, but I was really, really thrown by the fact that Ryan, Ryan's like a blessed boy. Yeah. He is unpacking beer in this scene, and I am certain that he is not legally allowed to touch alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's yeah. 18. Because he's 18. Cause, yeah, because in the States, you can't drink till 21. Like, so. for sure, underage people cannot put beer away behind the bar. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, he has worked at bars before. That's true. Fake ID? Fake, <laughs> Fake ID. ID. So, uh, Shay is... Polishing his degree... Degree do. His Cedric degree. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know how to ex how to explain that in any uh, non sexual just, way. Yeah, no, I think we just have to. He was he is sitting in the common space, polishing his diggery do, and and, <laughs> and Seth says some stuff. It really doesn't. He's really just thinking. Yeah, uh, but this leads into the fact that somehow, and I do not know how it reached this point. Summer has gone into a common area, a different common no, no, area. She's in her room. She's doing it in her room. She's in, she's standing on her bed in her room. She's delivering a speech about solar power to a lot of people in her room. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought for some reason I well probably because that makes no sense. I whatsoever. know. Ever. I know. Exactly. I just imagined they were in the hallway. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No. My brain Shay, just corrected it. Shay, Shay was it was in the common room polishing his didgeridoo. Yes, as you do. Um, and he says, "Like, all right, well, I'm going to go into Summer's room and see Summer." Opens the door and she's holding a rally for solar power. Where did these? How did she convince him to go in? How? What happened? Maybe they're all of the men from her roommate's social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> the only I thing found that makes your sense. I found your photos upon a sex wall. <laughs> But now let me tell you about the benefits of solar power. I've been repeatedly told that it's not gross, but I do really find it gross. Guys, I'm confused. You can teach me about the power of the sex ball, and I will teach you about the power of solar power. We can't do that without getting kicked out of school, so no. Well, then can we just talk about solar power? Yeah, sure. It's very good, guys. Very good. 
Uh, <laughs> so Ryan is busy at home trying to translate French. <laughs> to the French English dictionary. Because just... he's going to figure out what this thing he's signing says. Yep. Um, and Seth calls Ryan. And this is where we sort of get one of those weird things where... So the implication of this scene should be summer is many things. Yeah. And... I would be okay if the other implication was she's growing and she's changing and I'm worried that she's going, like, am I stagnant? Am I yeah. not growing and changing? Is she leaving me behind? Yeah. But instead, he seems to think she's too smart for him. Well, he also seems to think, like, we, we, this new Summer and me, Seth, are incompatible. Somehow, our ideals stand at odds to each other. Despite the fact I've always loved social progress and change. Well, yeah, and honestly, old summer's ideals probably stood more against your ideals than new summer. Now, it would be interesting if this was a storyline where Seth realized that he, though he thinks he's very different from all the Newporties, is essentially, he's not that progressive. And yeah. he's not that open-minded. Yeah. He thinks he is. I thought that would have been an interesting, interesting story as well. But the TV show loves Seth, so we're not giving him that storyline. They think he's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I I can't. I cannot predict where where this gravity's rainbow is gonna land. And then Ryan asks for help, but he gets no help. <laughs> well, because Summer like has been like listening to this phone call and walks in and says like, "Ah, oh, I gotta go." And so they talk again about how Summer is many things. Yep, yep. But Seth knows what he needs to do. No, he needs to head next door. <laughs> To a naked guitar playing Che. Yeah, we man, we're getting a lot. We're getting a lot of Che. Um, che is just <laughs> sitting there, full straddling a guitar. Like he is wide leg guitar between. It is very perfectly placed. And Seth walks into the room, and Che gifts him his song. Yeah, it's not a good song. Yeah. At one point, he whispers to himself, three, four. So he stays on count. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I guess really, uh, Seth's like, "Hey, I need you know, I need to help me." He, he's not very clear in this scene what he wants from him, and even later when we find out, it, it really what it comes down to is that he needs Shay to teach him about like, solar power. Well, an interesting thing is that he does explain that he actually taught Summer how to recycle in like tenth grade in, when they started dating. In the 10th, yeah, in the tenth grade. And this is him being like, you know what? I think he, she has progressed more than me, so I have to go to Shay to learn how I can catch up to her again. Which I like, mm -hmm. but this is not clear enough in this episode. It is not clear it's enough. not clear. <laughs> oh, boy, it's not clear. All right, let's get a little bit of joy into this world. Sandy and Spitz are golfing. <laughs> so, so they're golfing. Um, Spitz's phone goes off and, like, ruins Sandy's like, shot. Like, shot. And then Spitz is like, take it again. I got to take this call. No, it's uh, my... Uh, my my daughter, you know, she's having a rash. I gotta, I gotta, you know, on the way home, I'm gonna need to go to the. Uh, <laughs> I just need to pick up something from the pharmacy. And then he instantly's like, "I gotta be honest with you, Sandy. <laughs> my daughter doesn't have a rash. My wife was calling to check to see how our <laughs> how our hangout was going. I don't have any guy friends, Sandy. And this is such a great moment because, like, I was worried that it would be able to be like, oh, actually, these two guys are incompatible and they can't be friends. But it says like, no, they're both just two guys. Like, I don't know how to do this. I need friends, but I don't know how. And his wife called to check up on him it's to be like, so hey, cute. hey, honey, how's your play date going? And it's. <laughs> Such, I love their relationship as well. 
It's it's just so good. It's so pure. It's great. And then as he's taking his shot, Sandy's phone goes off, and they banter. I was they really turn hoping, their phones off. I was really hoping it would be it would be um Kirsten to like to do the parallel, but it's actually the office, whatever. But Kirsten does call eventually. Yeah. But first, she's, she, Kirsten's too busy to she's call. Hanging out with Julie, and they're looking at office spaces online. Yeah, they're in a room I have never seen before that I thought was in Julie's house, but it's in Kirsten's house. Oh no! <laughs> I just assumed. Julie left Kirsten there because that house is just open market for anyone who wants it. Oh. Hey, hey, Kirsten, I, I'm, I'm going to go, but you can stay here. Maybe live here if you want. Everyone can, can live here. Anyone can live here. <laughs> so Kirsten and Julie are very excited. Julie's like, oh, man, I'm swearing off men. And Kirsten's like, yes, girls night. Take her in a movie. Unfortunately, Julie also gets a call from Taryn and with the barest of pushing. Taryn is basically like, Julie, you're hot and you might not be hot tomorrow. <laughs> So you better go out now. <laughs> she doesn't say it like that, but I love that way of saying it. You, you're hot right now. Tomorrow, who knows? And Julie's like, oh no, I might not be hot tomorrow. Better put on some lipstick and then go straight to the club? I I guess so. I guess she was wearing her club clothes while she was looking at off. I mean, Julie dresses nice for everything. That's true. Uh, and this is obviously paired with Caitlyn also going off to getting fake IDs. And I do like how the Ward brothers, I don't know that they necessarily want Caitlyn to get a fake ID, though they do say that she's wanted one since she was six. Yeah. I think they're just too scared to approach the guy. I mean, yes, clearly that's also it. So Caitlyn has to go and exchange yeah. the money for the IDs, which are in his hat. Yep. And then he asks her out. Yep. And no. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Caitlyn. Yeah. And also, clearly he's like 25. Too old. Too old. So Julie's at the club. She's sad. She misses Neil. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, the Darren, <laughs> I, I wrote it down as the noopsie every time. Uh, Darren's like, I know a way for you to forget about um, that man who has, whose home you live in, whose home you live in, and has treated you actually very nicely, considering the outcome of all these things. Uh, shots, shot, shot, shots, and it really is that fast. It's just like she, I, I do not know how much shots she takes before she gets on the dance floor. And they're big shots it, too; like they're tall. Oh, she's taking down doubles. It's. I also want to point out this is not the bait shop. This is a nightclub. No, it's a nightclub. There's uh, there's a young man there who she literally, I think he's crossing the floor. And I, she just grabs him and forces him to dance on her. Yeah, the, the camera view kind of makes it look like he may have been looking at her. But, but he may not have been. Because he literally is walking and then she comes up one side and then Taryn comes up the other side. Taryn's like, have you met my friend? He's like, I haven't even met you. <laughs> what? It's Honestly, very unsettling. But, I mean, I guess he's into it, so that's fine. So, meanwhile, Taylor Townsend has been calling Ryan all day three times, which is actually six times, because he was ignoring her phone calls as he busily translated French. Yes. Um, so, she's, she wants to get the document. Uh, she she's wants to be like, oh, you know, it's silly, silly little thing. Uh, he's like, what's this section right here? What, what, what's, this, what's this say? It's the lawyer speak. And he's like, so it doesn't say that we've had sex 30 times? Which which clarifies me that this <laughs> this document is an intricate description of their sex life. It's a description of their affair, <laughs> which has been ongoing for... And apparently she has described him as a uh, generous lover. And Ryan's like, look, Taylor, I did your favor. I cannot get in... <laughs> All of this. Taylor, I cannot be dragged into your divorce proceedings. All I can do, Taylor, 
is have a job and grapple with my emotions. I had a moment in my head where I was like, I mean, you could just sign it and be on your way. Then I was like, oh, no, wait. There's a very real chance that he'd sign this and then he'd have to go to, like, a court. And, in France. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a very real chance that that would not be the end. So Taylor gets real sad. She tells him that she totally understands, but yeah. she has no one. Her mom hates her. She doesn't know her dad. All her friends left. Marissa is dead. And then a boy was nice to her, so she married him. And now, that is well within what we know of Taylor. Taylor has had an incredibly sad, like, time with with relationships with people that anytime anybody is nice to her, she instantly brings that to a like huge conclusion and so what is sort of explained in this episode is taylor married him because he was nice to her and he made her feel special and then she realized almost immediately that he was just nice to her and made her feel special and she didn't love him yeah and that's not the basis for a marriage which is all very like honestly very mature yeah of her i mean yeah she ran away from france (laughs) and that's not very mature but you know but Ryan watches all this sadness and is like, oh, I, really I can't. can't. Can't get into divorce proceedings. Can't go to court again. Taylor, stop looking so sad in front of me. It's my kryptonite. All right. So I'll try to speed this up. But uh, Seth has learned a whole lot about, about solar energy. He's there to support for that meeting. He's going to go into it, but yeah. only students are allowed. So he unfortunately cannot end the meeting, but it's fine. He'll He'll wait outside. And that seems to be the thing that, like, is the, the break is yeah. that he couldn't be in the meeting with them? And Summer keeps saying, like, oh, my God, you're spending your last night in Providence. Like, what? what he, okay. We'll, 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 we'll get this when we get to that really weird last, like, mm-hmm. sequence. Uh, Sandy and Spitz have apparently spent the entire day together. And now it's nighttime and they're at Ryan's work and Sandy's like, oh, my God, Spitz, you can meet one of my sons. <laughs> Which I think is a great – he doesn't say Ryan. That is his son. And I'm like, yes, I, I, if, if the thing is that even, even like four, three or four years on, every single time Kirsten and Sandy is like, that is my child. I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> that, you took him in. That grown man is your child. So Sandy really wants Ryan to hang out with him in Spitz, but yeah. Ryan just needs to go home. Yeah. He's like, Sandy, I'm doing the best I can. All I can do is like... One foot in front of the other. Didn't get fired. Didn't punch anyone. Which prompts one of my favorite things that Sandy does repeatedly throughout the OC, which is he will give Ryan a talk about Jen. Like, yeah, I know. You're doing great. You're doing good. This is that's who you are. You're the main character of a soap opera. You tend to get trapped into other people's um stuff, and that's fine. Like, he's essentially giving Ryan a lesson without knowing what this lesson actually means to Ryan. He can just tell that Ryan is kind of sad and he's like, here's a pep talk. You're a good dude who helps people and don't ever lose that. Ah, damn it. All right, fine. Sandy, I'd love to hang out with you, but I gotta go help a woman with a contract. (laughs) I gotta gotta do something really dumb. And Sandy's like, that's cool. I'm gonna hang out with my friend. (laughs) His name's Jason Spitz. Come Spitzy. A friend, Ryan, a friend. (laughs) So the wards and Caitlin go to the club. Yep. Caitlin gets a no problem, which she probably didn't even need a fake ID because she's a hot girl. But the wards are losers and are not allowed in. Yeah, this bouncer is wildly cruel to them. Because, like, you know, she could go in. <laughs> go in. You two, I hate. <laughs> and he doesn't even seem to have a problem with their IDs. Because no. Caitlin says, is there a problem with their IDs? They're with me. And he's like, no, they're I, losers. No, I hate them. <laughs> 
And they're like, okay, Caitlin, well, you can't go to the club without our protection. Well, well I mean, they, they do eventually be like, well, but we have to look out. Like, we have to protect you. But at first they're like, oh, Caitlin, then we'll guess we'll go hang out elsewhere. She's like, no. So Caitlin goes into the club and it's actually, I know this is not the point. Yeah. I thought it was a really sweet sequence where she's just like, whoa, adult things. <laughs> wow. Like she doesn't even do anything bad. She doesn't get alcohol. She just like looks around and is well, like a club. I mean, that's because as soon as she enters the club, she's like, wow, adult things. Oh, mom's really dancing with that man. And the boy. man. The man boy flips her upside down. The this this dancing is insane. Like they are it's the the only clue that I could find, it's like they are trying to combine their cells <laughs> together. Well Julie knows she's not allowed to actually sex him because of the bats, yeah. so she's doing she's Yeah leaving it all on the dance floor. And then yeah, so yeah, she gets flipped she gets flipped over, like, you know, a bent bag and she sees Caitlin upside down, but she's also drunk, and then two people pass in front of Caitlin and she disappears like goddamn Captain America. I mean she's a superhero. She's speedy. <laughs> Sure. Speedy from Arrow. Um, and then, you know, and then she's gone and she's like, did I see what? And Julie's like, wait, I'm a mother. I should not sleep with 25 year olds. <laughs> I should go. I felt you. Some mothers can sleep with 25 year olds, but Julie Cooper should not. <laughs> Julie Cooper hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, we have like a short scene where Sandy's still hanging out with his friend and it's great. Hmm. But then Kirsten calls and explains that Julie canceled on her. And Sandy has emotions on his face yeah. about it. Yeah, there's this look where like he's like, like, oh, I mean, he was, I guess I don't know. And like Kirsten seems happy to have a night at home and happy for Sandy to have a friend. Yeah. But it's kind <laughs> of framed in a way where it's like the lesson is Sandy shouldn't have a friend. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Once again, we're, we'll get to that end montage. But we got to wrap up another storyline. Here's Taylor. And she's talking to the lawyer. And essentially about how she doesn't want to go, but she has to go. Continuing with my obsession with this lawyer, he also says, I have warned you. I have trained myself to be impervious to tears. <laughs> Which is an insane sentence to say to a teenager about to cry. And, it, and I believe, like, yes, I have, I have watched many a shows of crying women and knowing that I can say no to them. I have trained myself to be impervious <laughs> to tears. It's wild. It's wild, and I got to know more about this man. Now, we don't get to learn more, because in comes Ryan, yeah. and he just all kisses Taylor. <laughs> Not only does he kiss Taylor, he breaks and then, like, taps her on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I will sign any form you want. <laughs> and then comes the fr the this French lawyer, not only dropping the French, but sort of becoming, like, a New York guy. Yeah, he has no French accent at all. It drops, and he's, and, he, and he's just like, that is perfectly fine, because I am not only a lawyer. Like, he puts such a hard R on it. He's like, I'm a god. I, I know what love looks like. He says, I am not only a lawyer, I am a French man. <laughs> I know. I will tell Henri Michel that 
It's like they got a guy who could speak French, but could not do a French accent. And they're like, it'll be fine. But then why not? I guess because Ryan had to understand. It's so wildly jarring. And, like, and which makes me want to know more about him. Is he not actually a Frenchman? Is he from New York? Is he a spy? Because, Kevin, there's a thing we know about TV shows. If you don't like the actor's voice, you can dub over them you for a line. You can just dub over it. And he only speaks these two lines. In English, so anyone could have done them. And there's something great about a guy saying with not a hint of even a European accent, I am a Frenchman. <laughs> So he leaves, and Taylor and Ryan just look at each other, kind of grappling well, with what had just happened. I, know, I mean, Ryan doesn't even look at Taylor. He tries to leave immediately, and she has been kissed so hard that she's like, now I'm going to hold on to you for a little bit. <laughs> it's very good. Hey, you want to dance aggressively upon each other? No. No, there's no tequila, Summer Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I only do that with tequila. So, meanwhile, Seth is back in Rhode Island, yep. and he has fallen asleep on the bench outside of the protests or outside of the debate, thinking yeah. maybe he could hear Summer speak. Yeah. She comes out to check on him. It turns out that Che has decided to do a filibuster, so he's just going to talk for 27 hours. Or she's just going to sing something. Um, but Summer, like, she, she's so excited. She's like, like, I was talking there, and these old guys were actually listening to me, and that's... My analysis of how solar power can help us? People nodded. I was smart, Seth. Seth, I was smart. Seth, I think I'm smart. And Seth, in this moment, thinks this is great. Yeah. He's sleepy, but he likes it. Yeah, there's this whole thing about, like, he like he makes a sports reference, which may, which cues um, someone to be like, well, I guess people can change. And then he sends her back in there because, yeah. you know, th- this matters. This is important. This is great. Yeah. Meanwhile... <laughs> Wrapping up one more, the final plot line, I guess. Ryan is getting ready to go to bed in the OC. Mm-hmm. And Taylor comes click-clapping around the house in her high-heeled boots. She opens up the door to the pool house and then goes, oh no, were you sleeping? And despite the obviousness of of, of Ryan being about, like, he's sitting on his bed in... Not under the covers. Yeah. Well, I know, I'm just saying, he clearly looks like he's about to go to sleep. Yeah, like, he's, he's wearing not. he's wearing that. She's like, okay, now's a good time. Tort? <laughs> Ryan, I made you a peach tort, and then a horrifying thing is revealed. <laughs> Henri Michel forced her to take cooking classes after they got married. Yeah. And she failed all of them except for torts. Yeah. Which makes Thanksgiving even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's good. Um, I mean, I think baking. I think cooking, she's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awkward, and yeah. she's like, oh, but you don't like desserts. I'm so sorry. I'll leave. And then Ryan <laughs> says, I like desserts. Well, she, well, she's like, I gotta do something to help you. And he's like, fine, I'll eat your tort. No, he likes desserts. He does it's like desserts. Sweet. He likes he likes soccer and he likes desserts. So they sit down and they sort of chitter chat a little yep. bit. And he says the tort is really good. Yep. And it's like very cute. It's very cute. Uh, then we get into our final, our end of episode montage. And it is wildly confusing. Now, the montage is predicated by Taylor doing a monologue about how life is unpredictable and a year ago, you never would have expected that things would be the way they are now. Yeah. Cue uh, Seth arriving at the airport and being like, hey, when's the next flight? To Newport. To Newport. tomorrow at 8am. Which I guess means he must have missed his original flight? No, I think he was always leaving tomorrow. Weird. He just thinks he oh, can he get Oh, he wanted to try to get an early yeah. one. Okay. He's like, oh, tomorrow... Then we cut to Sandy 
So Sandy and Kristen are playing strip Scrabble, which is a thing that his best friend Jason Spitz has done with his wife. Now, I don't know if we're supposed to imply that he cut his hangout with his friend short to hang out with his or is wife? he inspired by his friend to make his hangouts with his wife more fun? Yeah, or is it like a blind, like, yeah, it was dumb for him to go to that other guy. Really, he should only ever hang out with his wife because you saw how how mildly disappointed she was because Julie was yeah, trash. She was vaguely sad, but mostly she enjoyed her evening. And that was his fault for not being there, rather being off with his new best friend. It is very unclear they it, are playing the thing that his friend told yeah, him about. And, and it is a sweet visual to see, but it's not like that is the, conc- like, the con- like, if we wanted to be like, oh, this is showing the conclusion to these storylines, you should have concluded with him with Spitz. Yeah, like cheersing their beers or something. Yeah, because that is, because you want to think of these montages, that, like, this is the moment for us as audience to be like, yeah, they did what they needed, or hey, we're seeing the resolution. This is just, like, another aside thing unrelated to his actual problem. So, we'll see if he still has a friend next episode. Yeah. I mean, I imagine also just because it's a TV show, he might just become a off-screen friend. Yeah, yeah. But he's played by an actor who's actually... Who we've seen before. And I think at this time, he was still a pretty, like, used actor. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. All right. Uh, then we have to catch up with Julie and Caitlin. Which is, they both arrive home, Caitlin wears normal pajamas, Julie wears sexy pajamas. And they just sort of, like, stare at each other and then eat ice cream? Well, remember when um, when Caitlin tried to offer Julie ice cream to make her better when she was sad earlier in the season? Yeah. Now Julie accepts her ice cream. Well, I know that, but this still feels like a weird ending for their plot line. Like, they're both accepting, like, oh, this... We just are who we are. just who we are. I'll, I'll like to, to be with boys, and you'll constantly be in escalating situations of crime. Somehow I'm but, still on Caitlin's side, Kevin. It's just it's just going back to the scales. Like, if Julie wants to go out and consensually sleep with a bunch of 25-year-old guys, sure, whatever. I mean, it's fine. It just is boring. <laughs> but anyway, um... Kate, not Caitlin. Taylor leaves Ryan's place. It's cute. It's yeah. cute. She's definitely falling in love with him because he was nice to her. He was nice to her, and consistently, that is Taylor's thing. Is that unfortunately, she is. She loved Summer and Seth when they were nice to her. Yeah, she 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 responds very well to people being nice to her because people have been mean to her her entire life, which is so sad. Which is so sad. And now the final, the cherry on this top, Summer. Leaves the debate. She goes to her room. Seth is not there. And there is a voicemail, as there has been so many times before. Mm-hmm. And Seth left her a voicemail that said, Hey, Summer, I know you always leave early, but this time I left early. And he explained something that was not evident through this episode. He wants to give her space to grow in the ways she needs to grow. So he'll be there for her. But then he says... But I might not call you for a while to give you space. And what? He also, he, he did draw her a drawing of, like, her as essentially Poison Ivy, saying from the UN. Which means, we're supposed to be like, yeah, no, he's definitely supporting her. I don't get what we're supposed to feel about Seth. Because it also feels kind of a, kind of a crappy move to, to be able to just, To like, leave early. Yeah, to leave early because I had to give you space. So you, I'm holding you back. At what point, Seth, were you holding her back? Because she always went into the debate instead of hanging out yeah, with you. Yeah, you actively supported her to do these things. At no point were you the one 
like maybe you're like, oh, he tried. He made her watch the valley at the beginning and trying to turn her back to the way she was. But he wasn't. He just said, I thought you liked this. Yeah, he he was trying to be supportive of thinking that she wanted to return to the the old summer, quote unquote. And then when she when he learned that, like, oh, actually, this actually is the new her. He was furthermore supportive of that. So I don't know if we're going to get in this thing next episode where we're supposed to be like, ah, oh, Seth left alone. Oh, which, abandoned. Which is kind of the tack that Julie was taking as well throughout this entire thing. And the somehow... She's left alone by Neil. Somehow it really feels like she... Like, her being like, um, oh, the reason we're in this situation is because once again... A man. And I'm like, no, Julie, it's because you couldn't handle your grief properly. And, like, that's fine. Grieving is hard. But Neil would have... I mean, it's, I don't know that Neil would have stayed, but Neil would have taken her to Seattle if she wanted to be with him. It's it's weird for her to... Like, that's the thing I always have going back with that bet as well. Is like, her thing was, like, she's sort of being like, oh, the reason that this is happening, that all these problems is because I keep on getting, like, so wrapped up with men. And I'm like, that's... Julie, that's not the lesson to take from this. You weren't obsessed with a man and then he ran off to... Leave you leave, for you, another woman. Yeah, you... I mean, you were obsessed with a man. That man was Volchuk. This is true. <laughs> mm. But it's weird that that she, like, is not grasping what the actual problem is. And I don't know if the show is... If the show is wrong or if Julie is wrong. Yeah. It's kind of like when the show... Which they've kind of dialed back on this episode, mm-hmm. but that Marissa and Ryan were, like, meant to be. And yeah. he lost his, like, life love, even though it was very clear at the end of last season that they had, like, accepted that they were connected, but never And I wonder if soulmates. we're seeing that thing again where we're seeing different writers essentially sneaking in their... Their beliefs um, about the characters' relationships. Yeah, so, and yeah. By, by that, I mean, I think maybe the last episode might have been the writer who is like, oh, yeah, Ryrissa. Meant to be. Marion? Marion. Marion. Ryrissa? Ryrissa. Marion. Marion. Yeah, Marion for life. Like, snuck in some of their stuff in there. Mm. And then. And, like, Julie has certainly had storylines in the past where she has been taking her identity from men. Yeah. But most... (laughs) But this specific problem. And, like, most specifically, or um, Julie's, has always been, we need to fight for ourselves, and we might use men, but we're not caught up in them. Like, she was never... She uses men all the time. She's never been boy crazy. No. Except for Luke crazy. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment when Logic just wanted to have a fun, fun girls' night, but then somehow tequila, and the next thing you know, they were dancing it all on up on the floor? My CW moment is the fact that the wards forced Caitlin to get the fake IDs, <laughs> and then the fake IDs were in his hat. You you think that is drama? That whole scene. And, like, she's grossed up by his greasy head and it's yeah. not her first rodeo. She's done a hat drug deal before. There is a there is a lot of weird Caitlyn business like, this episode. It was just all hijinks. I don't yeah. know that it was necessarily drama. 
but it added absolutely zero to the storyline. It was just hijinks. Yeah. Just Caitlyn hijinks. Just some hijinks. It's just, just, once again, Caitlyn business. And now I am the biggest Caitlyn fan. No one has been a bigger Caitlyn fan than me. But <laughs> I kind of want to call you a Caitlyn apologist, but, you know, we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll, about that later. We'll later. <sighs> Kevin? Did you find yourself a CW moment? My thing also has to do with Caitlyn business. Ah, yes. Once again, because the Caitlyn business is the weirdest thing there, is the fact that the War Brothers weren't allowed in the bar. Like they Because they were nerds. Well, and they could have went in there with her as well, and still she still could have seen Julie being like, hey, we gotta go. Like, were they trying to say something about Caitlyn? Well, it, it, that seems to be, like, the implication is that, like, oh, Caitlyn does... I mean, let's be clear. She doesn't care about the War, no, War Brothers. but, Only, like, we didn't need that. We know she doesn't care. Yeah, it's like they really wanted to... Like, maybe they're leaning towards something, but it just felt so... <laughs> so, for this, this bouncer to be like, no, I hate you two. You're nerds and virgins. Get out! I'm a bouncer. I can keep boys out if I want to. And, it's, <laughs> and the, the, the thing is, like, that is the old... Um, the thing you see in TV and stuff all the time was like, oh, the bouncer only lets the hot girls in because they want hot girls. I'm like, you need the guys in there to buy the drinks for the hot girls. Because the hot girls are not buying their own drinks. Like, <laughs> you need... A better thing to do is keep the hot guys out. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you only put in the guys who have no chance, so they'll just keep buying... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a really fine balancing act. Let's be real. It's really hard to be a bouncer at a club in 2004. Yeah. Well, really what it came down to is, the, is like how viciously he hated those boys. Like, their IDs could have been worse than hers. Or he could have been like, yeah, all your IDs suck, but you're hot. Yeah, like, <laughs> the th- the things they could have gone through that didn't end with it being like, you two suck. You're She's n- fine. You nerds. Get out. <laughs> I hate you. I wish they had worn their water polo track suits to the oh, club. Oh, it would be great. It's like you two are clear. You two are wearing. You're <laughs> wearing water polo hoodies. You guys clearly are high school students. You're wearing the water polo, like anything like that. Instead, instead of just being like, "I hate you two. Get out of here, you stupid losers." <laughs> I specifically dislike both of you because you both somehow look like my ex, Luke. <laughs> I loved him. I loved that boy before he ran off to Portland. And now he's so cool, he's going to be a doctor. I can't handle it, boys. I can't uh, handle it. I exist between dimensions. Dimensional bouncer. <laughs> it's our new TV show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was the, this episode of The O.C. As I said, it's it was actually overall pretty enjoyable i laughed out loud in a good way several oh, times ryan's i yeah. like soccer yeah i like soccer <laughs> because it's like she she reminded him of soccer and he just thought back to like yeah you know i do like soccer and like a lot of the sandy and spitz business is really good yeah yeah it was it's weird because that feels like the storyline i guess you wouldn't apply that in something too dark because it would seem totally whiplashy but that is something you put in a episode to be like hey Let's get some levity. Let's put in a scene about a guy just wanting to have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it did end with them actually having a legitimately good time. It it was great. Yeah, and not this weird rug pull-out thing. Yeah. And, like, there were a couple things I even laughed at with Summer and Seth and Che. I did like it when he was polishing his didgeridoo. Yeah. I mean, once again, Che business is also good business. It is good business. Yeah. Polishing didgeridoo, how much he was into their relationship, twin flames and things like that. But he hugged Seth while he was naked with his guitar. Yep. yep. Rad. It was good. Yep. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good episode. Uh, and we'll have to hopefully get more of those episodes as we... 
go through the OC season four. Things are things are speeding up, I think. There's only nine episodes. No, there's 16 episodes in total. So there's more than nine. There's 12 episodes <laughs> left. Okay. I had a moment there where I thought there was 13 episodes. And I was like, oh, my God, there's only nine to go. There's 16 episodes a season? Yes. I thought there was 19 for some reason. 16. 16. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're getting through this, this season. Is, don't they introduce a new main character in this season or something? Taylor and... Oh, it's Taylor. And okay. Caitlin. For some reason, I thought there was a, like... like they Oh, said like you, a new love interest or well, something. Well, I, I thought they introduced, like, a new Marissa, essentially. I think that's Caitlin and Taylor combined, yeah. I somehow. May, I may also be thinking of, like, the... Like stuff you overhear from One Tree Hill and things like uh, that. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get we'll get through that. But until then, I guess. Hey, if you want to, if you want to get a, at us, you can get at us in many ways. We're on the social media. It's podcast MOA, podcast MOA. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Or you can email us at podcastmoa at gmail dot com. Yeah. Tell us what you think about episodes and stuff. And give us the support. Give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. All right. And I think that's all of our housekeeping. So. We'll see you soon. See you next week. Is Taylor in love with Ryan? Will Summer and Seth make it through this metamorphosis? How can we learn more about this French-American lawyer? Answers all this and more in the next episode of Monsieur Sires and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 